السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين حمدا يليق بجلال وجهه وعظيم سلطانه اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وقرة أعيننا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد مفتاح باب رحمة الله عدد ما في علم الله صلاة وسلاما دائمين بدوام ملك الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome to session two, where we are looking at brief reflections and really taking a few uh, uh, portions of knowledge from a vast ocean. Uh, and this is, if not the longest book of the Ihya, one of the longest books of Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya Ulum al-Din. In this session, we're going to look at cultivating brief hopes. And what's really meant by cultivating brief hopes it really means that you're able to cultivate the ability to shorten your long hopes. And Imam al-Ghazali is going to identify that for us, inshallah, in this chapter. So he begins by talking about the merit and virtue of shortening one's long hopes. In other words, having an awareness. And as Sheikh Yahya mentioned in session number one, that Imam al-Ghazali frames this concept of the remembrance of death and the afterlife with the sense of or keeping in mind a sense of preparedness to meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says so that you can prepare, that you can have provisions. And as the beautiful Qasida that was recited by Sidi Mu'adh al-Nas, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him, uh, which was a qasida by Imam al-Haddad, where he says, تَبَلَّغْ بِالْقَلِيلِ مِنَ الْقَلِيلِ Take a few provisions from what little can be attained in this world, the shortness of this world, وَهَيَّ الزَّادَ لِلسَّفَرِ الطَّوِيلِ And gather your provisions for the long journey. So this is really what we're talking about, a sense of preparedness that every single last one of us, without a doubt, will stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we prepare for that moment? And one of the ways that we prepare for that moment, as Imam al-Ghazali said that Shaykh Yahya mentioned, is that you are preparing to meet your beloved. When you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that meeting, that tryst, as Shaykh Abdul Hakim Murad translates it, is at the forefront of your thoughts and your mind, and you prepare for that moment. So he begins this chapter talking about the merit of shortening one's hopes. قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَمُ لِعَبْدِ اللَّهِ بْنِ عُمَرِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا إِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ فَلَا تُحَدِّثْ نَفْسَكَ بِالْمَسَاءِ وَإِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تُحَدِّثْ نَفْسَكَ بِالصَّبَاحِ وَخُذْ مِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ وَمِنْ صَحَّتِكَ لِسَقَمِكَ فَإِنَّكَ يَا عَبْدَ اللَّهِ لَا تَدْرِي مَسْمُكَ غَدًا. The beautiful hadith. 
where the Prophet he informed Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, he says, when you wake up in the morning, do not allow your nafs to talk to you about what is to come at night. In other words, don't have such long hopes tonight, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. When the night comes, I'll worry about things of importance and so forth. Do not allow your nafs to talk to you about the night. In other words, take advantage of that morning as if there is no evening to come. And when night comes, do not allow your nafs to tell you tomorrow morning there are things to do. And take from the portion of your life that you have that is before you for your death as a preparation for your death. And take what you have of health in preparation for those times that you are sick. And this is another way that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, teaches us to be prepared and to take advantage of the time that we have. فَإِنَّكَ يَا عَبْدَ اللَّهِ For, O oh, Abdullah, you do not know what your name will be tomorrow. You do not know what you will be called on the day of resurrection. So in other words, prepare for that moment as if you don't know which way you will turn out, whether you will be of those who are felicitous or those who are of the wretched and damned, and we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection from that. Another hadith narrated by Sayyiduna Ali Karramallahu Wajha, may Allah ennoble his countenance, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna ashadda ma akhafu alaykum khaslatan. Of the things that I have the greatest fear that they will afflict you are two qualities. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, Ittiba'ul hawa. Ittiba'ul hawa. Following your passions. We see in the world today that it's all about following your passions. That the, the nature of the dunya and the nature of the nafs is to go behind those things. And we live in a time where those things are uh, uh, you know, promoted in such a way where there's no discernment. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us our guidance. So that's one of the most dangerous qualities that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam feared for us is following passions. And the second is long hopes, long hopes. The, the quote, the hadith goes on, For following passions, it bars a person from following the truth. It becomes an obstacle to following the truth, that your following of the truth, what is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is compromised when your passions are ignited. But I want this. But, and look at how the enemies of the ummah, how do they take advantage of the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ? By igniting their lower desires. By taking advantage of that weakness that enters into the heart. We'll give you power. We'll give you money. We'll give you status. We'll give you entertainment. Just do what we want and turn your back on guidance. And then when their desires are ignited, they're susceptible to that. But you look at the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum wa ardahum, even when they faced the greatest torment, they were unwavering. Because they were, as Shaykh Yahya mentioned, they went through the school of Sayyiduna Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They came out on the other side as pure gold. 
pure gold. They, were, they could not be uh, uh, taken advantage of, and they could not be swayed away from the truth. But when passions are ignited, that's one of the side effects and consequences. As for طُولُ amal, فَإِنَّهُ الْحُبُّ لِلدُّنْيَا And long hopes is what? It is love of the world. It is love of the world. And those are the two qualities that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was extremely fearful of. ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, أَلَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يُعْطِي الدُّنْيَا مَنْ يُحِبُّ يُبْغِضُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly gives the dunya to those he loves and those he hates. The dunya is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he can give it to those that he loves. And he also gives it, and in most cases, gives it to those that he does not love. So the dunya is not a measure of what is actually valuable with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who are beloved to him may have a portion of it. And if they are beloved to him, it doesn't enter their hearts. And those that he does not love also have a portion of it. And what might even appear in the world is that they have a greater portion of the dunya. وَإِذَا أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا أَعْطَاهُ الْإِيمَانِ But when Allah loves a servant, it's not dunya that he gives that person. He gives them iman. He gives them belief. He gives them certitude. He gives them that connection to him, Jalla Jalaluh. There are children of the deen, and the dunya has its children. So be of those who are children of the deen, people who are children of the akhirah, people who are children of this iman, who are associated with the family of iman, of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not be the sons of the dunya. Do not be the children of the dunya. For the dunya is rolling up behind you. It is fading away. And the akhirah is coming towards you. You are living a day. The Prophet says, you are living a day of deeds, of actions, in which there is no account. There is no judgment. Currently, we're living the life that we have. It's an opportunity for good deeds, and we're not currently being judged. We're not experiencing the judgment. And you will experience a day where there is a judgment and there is no opportunity for deeds. You're now in an abode where the opportunity is, the doors are open for you. The opportunity is available to you, and you are not being judged. And there will come a day where you will certainly be judged. And, the, and on that day, there is no opportunity for actions. There is no opportunity for righteous deeds. So Imam Al-Ghazali is teaching us here that we need to train ourselves to cut short those long hopes. And he has some amazing narrations that will come to shortly, bi-ithnillahi ta'ala. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ سَعِيدٍ الْخُدْرِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَبُوْ سَعِيدٍ الْخُدْرِ said, اشترى أسامة بن زيد من زيد بن ثابت وليدة بمئة دينار إلى شهر. That أسامة ibn زيد, he bought from Zayd ibn Thabit, he bought something from him, and he told him that he would pay him after a month. So they agreed that he would give him that payment after a month. So the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he heard about that. And he said, 
Isn't it amazing that Usama bought something which he will pay after a month? Usama surely has long hopes. Usama surely has long hopes. I swear by the one in whose hand is my soul that my, whenever I blink my eyes, I think that uh, Allah will take my soul before my eyes open up again. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying that with every blink of his blessed eyes, he was aware of the possibility and the nearness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking his soul. Naam. And every time I eat a morsel of food, I think that I will pass before I swallow that morsel of food. In other words, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi his awareness and his preparedness for death was always immediate. There is no heart on the face of the earth like his heart sallallahu alayhi wa And every heart that has awareness and every heart that is in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with taqwa and awareness is only by virtue of following his sunnah and his heart sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. But that shows us that he had that sense of preparedness. Is I don't think that a month will come and I'll be able to pay someone back. Having that immediacy. It doesn't mean that that's forbidden, but it's saying that you need to shorten your hopes. You need to be aware that your life may end before that time comes. Naam. So the Prophet ﷺ also said, O oh, children of Adam, O oh man, in kuntum ta'qilun, fa'uddu anfusakum min al mauta. If you are intelligent, if you are properly using your intellect, then already consider yourselves among the dead. What does that mean? Be prepared for the akhirah. You know, this is a heavy topic. And it's not that consider yourselves among the dead, so you have to be this very morbid, and uh, a dark and down, depressed person. That's not what's being said. But that in your, uh, in your mind and in your intentions and in your goals, you are prepared for the meeting with your Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you're able to prioritize. That the world is not able to deceive you into being distracted from that which is most important. The truly intelligent person has the priorities properly in place. So that which is certain and preparedness for a life that is never ending and meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes precedence over other things that get in the way of that. So that's what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us and reminding us of. Consider yourself already from those who are dead such that the dunya and all of its distractions don't even apply to you anymore. Oh, that new thing that's coming out in a month's time, I might never even experience it. And in reality, in the list of priorities, it's not that big of a deal. So I'm not even going to spend time thinking about it or having hopes that I will taste the sweetness of that desire, but rather I'm going to replace that with what is more important. And when you focus on what's more important, you actually experience the sweetness of life. That actually is the secret to happiness, 
is understanding the purpose for which you were created. And you were created to be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Actually, the highest degrees of the purpose for your creation is to be Khalifatullah fil ard is to be the representative, the vicegerent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in existence, which is an indication of the high degrees of knowledge and gnosis and ma'rifah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared you for. But the way that you access that is following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi and taking advantage of the opportunity. But most people, they think the purpose of their existence is nice food, nice clothes, money, and to take from the things of the world, and you only live once. Live it up. That's the same degree of desire as the animals. The animals want to eat and have relations and enjoy the world, and that's it. But it, when you realize the purpose for which you were created, and you realize the immediacy of the Akhirah, then you have access to the highest degrees of honor with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu he continues in the hadith, he says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ I swear by the one in whose hand is my soul, إِنَّمَا تُعَدُونَ لَآتِ That which you have been promised is coming. And you will not be able to withstand it. You will not be able to hold it back. And another hadith on Ibn Abbas, The Prophet when he would go out to make wudu, he would begin before he would get to the place where there was water, the well, or wherever they had a vessel for water, he would make tayammum. He would wipe himself with earth. فأقول يا رسول الله إن الماء منك قريب. O Messenger of Allah, the water is right there. And he would say, وما يدريني لعلي لا أبلغه. Maybe how do I know that I will certainly reach it? Maybe I won't arrive to the water. So even then he would do تيمم to be in a state of purity, and then he would go and continue and make wudu. But even at short distance, the water being over there, how do I know that I'm going to reach it? That's the degree of immediacy, the frame, the awareness, the taqwa, the hudur, the witnessing that the Messenger of Allah had. And why does he tell us of these things? Because those degrees are attainable to us. That we need to have that same immediacy and awareness. Naam. La ilaha illallah. In another hadith, the Prophet وسلم, he drew almost like a diagram. Tamam. Qala Abdullah, Khatta lana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Khattan murabba'an. The Prophet وسلم, he drew a square. He drew a square. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa khatta wasatahu khattan. And then in the middle of that square. So if you imagine the square then you imagine a straight line that pierces through the square, not all the way through, but it's a line that intersects with the square. Tamam. And then he وسلم, he had other lines that were pointing towards that line that's horizontal in the middle. That he had these other lines pointing towards it up and down. And the line uh, 
it, it passed beyond the border of the square. So then the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, أَتَدْرُونَ مَا هَذَا Look at the amazing way that he would teach salawatullahi wa salamu alayhi. He told the sahaba, do you know what this is? It's a diagram. But he's teaching them something. Look at the various methods he would use sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in order to teach. They said, Allah and his messenger know best. He said, this is the human being. And that was the line that was the horizontal line in the middle of the square. Okay, so this is the human being. And this is his lifespan. The line is his lifespan, and the, his lifespan ends at the border of the square. The square is the limits around that human being. And those lines that were pointing up and down uh, around that horizontal uh, line within the square, he said, these are the difficulties and the experiences that the human being goes through. Naam. And once he deals with one, another one comes after it. That's the nature of the dunya. And then when he comes to his lifespan, comes to the edge of the square, the border, that's when he dies. And the line that continues beyond the edge of the square is what? That line that continues, that's his hopes. That's his hopes. I actually saw there was a, a famous person who died yesterday. And just a few days before he died, they had interviews with him on, online and so forth. And he said, once that vaccine comes out, I'm going to take it. And I'm going to do this and that and the other. And he had all of these dreams. That was beyond the edge of the square. And that's how human beings are. All of these things, if I live, I'll do this, and I want to do that, and I want to go travel to this place, and I want to experience this and do that and do the other. One day, one day, one day, you don't know where that line is going to get cut. And the hopes exceed beyond that line. Naam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, he said, Naja awwalu hadihi al-ummati bil-yaqini wa-zuhd. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, the first of this ummah, the first peoples of this ummah, the first generations of this ummah, they were saved by their certainty, their iman, the strength of their iman, their certainty, and in their detachment, their zuhd. وَيَهْلَكُ آخِرُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ بِالْبُخْلِ وَالْأَمَلِ And the, the last peoples, the last generations of this ummah will be destroyed by their miserliness and their long hopes. Their miserliness and their long hopes. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, do, do all of you want to be people of paradise? And the Sahaba said, Naam, Ya Rasulullah. Yes, O Messenger of Allah. He said, Qassiru min al-amal. Shorten your hopes. Wathabbitu ajalakum bayna absarikum. And make your appointed time. Make it before your very eyes. In other words, focus on it and never lose sight of your appointed time. Wastahyu min Allahi haqq al-hayat and be shy and have humility and shame before Allah as he is deserving. In other words, never perform any sins. Shorten your hopes. Be aware, focus on your death. Never lose sight of death and have 
shyness and humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say in his dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min dunya tamna'u khayra al-akhirah. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from worldliness that prevents the good of the afterlife, the good of the hereafter. وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ حَيَاتٍ تَمْنَعُ خَيْرَ الْمَمَاتِ And I seek refuge in you from life that prevents the good in death, the good in death. وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ أَمَلٍ يَمْنَعُ خَيْرَ الْعَمَلِ And I seek refuge in you from a hope that prevents me from the best of deeds. Look at the beauty in the words of the Prophet There is a positive kind of hope which is called Raja, where you have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your hope in Allah, which is balanced by fear, your hope in Allah actually motivates you to good deeds. So I seek refuge in you from a hope, a false hope, a long hope that prevents from the best of actions and the best of deeds. That's the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Naam. One of the righteous, then Imam al-Ghazali goes into the sayings of the righteous. He said that, رَأَيْتُ زَرَارَةَ ibn Abi. Ibn Abi Awfa, I saw Zarara Ibn Abi Awfa ba'da mawtihi fil manam. I saw him in a dream after he died and I asked him, what was the most beneficial of deeds that you found? And he said, At-tawakkulu wa qasrul amal. Trusting in Allah and having short hopes, shortening these long hopes. Shortening these long hopes. Naam. One of the righteous said, look at the frame, the immediacy. This is not to be morbid once again, or to be someone who is, does not uh, enjoy the opportunities that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, but it's actually to have access to the truest sense of joy that can be experienced in the world. That's what it is. It's not being deluded by the dunya that promises you happiness. But then when you access it, you find that it falls very short. It wasn't what you thought it to be. And the akhirah, and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for most people, it's heavy on the nafs. But when you experience it, the sense of fulfillment, and meaning, and peace, and contentment that you have from that, the world and all it contains cannot give you an iota of that. So it's really accessing true joy. But the way that you do that is by understanding the true nature of the dunya and shortening those hopes so that it doesn't distract you from what is greater. One of the righteous said, He said, I'm like a man whose neck is extended out and the sword is, is above my neck and I'm just waiting for that moment for the sword to strike and the execution to take place. That's how immediate death was in his eyes. Now, there's much to, to say and once again, as, as we mentioned, Imam al-Ghazali, this is one of the longest books within the Ihya, but we'll try to, to focus on that which gets the, the major, the main points across. La ilaha illallah, 
Sufyan al-Thawri, he said, He said, I saw an elderly man in the mosque of Kufa. And he would say, he said, I have regularly attended prayers in this mosque for the last 30 years, waiting for death to come to me. If it came to me, I would not ask for anything, nor ask for anything to be withheld. And nobody uh, has anything against me, and I have nothing against anyone. In other words, all of my debts are settled, and I am waiting for the moment that death will come to me, and I'm prepared. I've been coming to this masjid, and I've been attending the prayers and fulfilling my obligations, not harming anyone, not taking anything from anyone, not owing anything to anyone, and I am ready for the moment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes me. Naam. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Naam. So that brings us to the next point that Imam al-Ghazali says, which is the cause of long, having long hopes. He says that, uh, and the ways to treat having those long hopes, the way to cut those long hopes short. He says, That long hopes are due to two reasons. The first is ignorance, and the second is love of the world. That it is ignorance and love of the world. And love of the world, he starts with that. He says is that a person starts to feel an intimacy with its desires and with its pleasures and with the relationships in the world, and then it starts to become very heavy on that person's heart to leave all of that. That I want more of those things, those things that I've become accustomed to, those things that give me very fleeting pleasure. I want more and more and more of that, and the person becomes accustomed to that. Naam. And what that does is it makes a person have all of these hopes internally. Makes a person say, I want more, and then I want to experience a different kind of thing and more of that and another experience. I like to travel. I want to go to this place and that place and the other place. You're not going to go to all the places you want to travel to. If one of the things that we've learned in this pandemic is all of the things that you thought were easily accessible, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change that in a moment. And then it makes us really understand and realize what's actually important. What is my life really about? What am I preparing for? What can come to me at any moment? And there is a wisdom in that and a lesson in that. So that's the first is that when a person loves the world, they become attached. And those attachments make them have long hopes. I want more of this. I'm going to save up and get an even nicer car. I want, you know, my house is nice, but I want an even bigger house. I want my house to have this kind of decoration more and more and more and more. And once again, that square that the Prophet ﷺ drew, that line where a person's life ends and their hopes exceed beyond it, where is that line for each and every one of us? So a person has to be prepared. And that's what it's all going back to, is preparedness for the akhirah. And Imam al-Ghazali says something really powerful. 
says when a person has those long hopes and they're attached to the dunya, they start to become people of tasweef. One day, one day when I get old, I'll make tawbah. But now I'm young. You know, I have access to all of the pleasures of the dunya. I'm young. I'm, you know, uh, vibrant. Let me enjoy the world. When I get older and I settle down, then I'll get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Ghazali says, then when you get older, you say, you know, but I still have a few other things that I need to prepare. I need to take care of my family. I need to make sure that everyone's okay. I need to make sure that my children are, everything in their dunya is taken care of. And, and then when all of that is done, then I'll turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make tawbah. Then I'll focus on the akhirah. One day, one day. When this is done, then I'll do that. When this happens, then I'll do that. When this is taken care of, then I'll turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Ghazali says, وَأَكْثَرُ أَهْلِ النَّارِ صِيَاحُهُمْ مِنْ He says, the people of the fire, most of their wailing and screaming is because of one day. Their screaming is coming from what they used to say in the dunya one day, one day, one day. The regret, the remorse that they feel when they're in the fire, it goes back to sofa. One day, one day, one day, the day never came. And you even see in the Quran, they say, Oh Allah, allow us to go back to the world for a moment and we'll do good deeds. We didn't know. If you only extended our life, we'll go back and we'll do good deeds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you had your chance. Sofa, sofa, sofa. And then Imam al-Ghazali says that when a person gets used to saying one day, one, I'm going to go on hajj. When I go on hajj, then I'll change. And they come back and do they really change? Not always. The same desires that you became so, uh, that became so uh, uh, carved into your soul, you come back to those same desires. You didn't cut them off. And Imam al-Ghazali says, Those desires, when you elongate them and you become more accustomed to them, they have an even stronger hold over you and an even tighter grip over you. So you have to break that by knowing the nature of the dunya. He says, as for ignorance, Ignorance is due to a person thinking, because I'm young and healthy, I won't die. And it's only old and sick people who die. That's one of the things in today's world. We, we like to avoid seeing old people. We like to put them, separate them from the rest of society, not think about them, not look at them, not honor them, and so forth. And that I'm young and vibrant and I'm not sick and and so forth, and you see the arrogance that people have that comes with that, that's only due to their ignorance. Imam al-Ghazali says, how many, what's the percentage of old people in the world compared to their generation of people who were young? He says that only one out of every 10 people makes it to being old. Nine out of 10 died at some younger age in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, there is a person today younger than you and older than you who's died. In this very moment, there's someone more healthy than you are who's already died. Someone in a more sickly state who's died. So what is it really that is allowing you to continue on? It's not your assumption 
that you are granted life according to your youth and your health can go in a moment. So Imam al-Ghazali says, you have to push away that ignorance through pure contemplation and reflection and that you think about all those people who've gone before you, people who are wealthier than you, who had better health care than you have, who had more bodyguards than you'll ever have, people who, uh, you know, we even look at someone like Kobe Bryant. People almost acted like Kobe Bryant couldn't die. It's like wrong that he died. The king of the heavens and the earth, the one who says, Kun fayakun, he makes that decision, not you and I. The healthiest, handsomest, wealthiest person in the world, gone in a moment. And it's not something that we're uh, looking at uh, and putting down. But take that as a lesson. That even someone who has all of that access to the dunya, it can be taken any moment. So do not assume that you have a guarantee to that. Naam. So then Imam al-Ghazali says, and as for the love of the world, the way that you treat love of the world, he says, is very difficult. But the more your certitude of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the hereafter, the stronger that certitude becomes in your heart, the more the love of the world will wither away, naturally. So focusing on certitude and certainty. And for someone who wants to really invest in that, uh, then to look at the first chapter from Imam al-Haddad's The Book of Assistance. The first chapter that he has is on certainty. Strengthening your yaqeen so that the akhirah is more real to you than this fading dunya. And the state of the Sahaba, they were like that. One of the Sahaba, Sayyidina al-Haritha, he came to the Prophet Sallallahu and he said, كَيْفَ أَصْبَحْتَ يَا حَارِثَ How are you this morning, O Haritha? And he said, أَصْبَحْتُ مُؤْمِنًا بِاللَّهِ حَقَّهِ I awoke this morning as a true believer in Allah. Prophet Sallallahu said, Be careful of what you claim. What's the, tr the proof of that? He said, It is as if I can see Allah's throne apparent before me. And it's as if I can see the people in paradise enjoying the bliss of paradise. And I can hear the wailing of the people of the fire. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Abdun nawar Allah qalbah bil iman. This is a servant Allah has illuminated his heart with iman. So then Imam al Ghazali says, O oh Allah, fanas'al Allah ta'ala an yuriyana dunya kama araha salihina min ibadah. We ask Allah that He allows us to see the dunya the way that His righteous servants have seen it. And He says, Whoever is prepared. We're going back to this word prepared, preparedness. That person has truly attained a great victory. And the person who is not prepared, they will have the worst type of loss. And then that goes to the last point, and I'll end with this, and I apologize for going over time. He says, Imam al-Ghazali says, therefore, you have to hasten to good deeds. And he says, if you have a beloved friend or a beloved brother coming to you and he's going to come over your house tomorrow, he's going to arrive tomorrow, someone you love dearly arrives tomorrow, or you have someone you love dearly coming after a month, 
that in a month's time I'm going to come visit you. He said, your preparedness for your beloved who's coming tomorrow, your readiness for their arrival is greater than your readiness for the one who's going to come after a month. So you have to see that your meeting with Allah could be immediate. You need to be as ready for meeting your beloved as if it is going to happen tomorrow as if it is going to happen tomorrow, which is why Sayyidina Hudayfa when he died, as Shaykh Yahya said in session number one, that when his moment of death came, he said, I love to meet Allah, so uh, this is what I have been waiting for. So when you see your righteous deeds, you have to be prepared and you have to take advantage of them as if you are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is why the Prophet taught us to say, Sallu salat muwadda' pray the prayer of someone who is bidding the dunya farewell that you don't have another prayer after this this is the prayer that i'm going to have and then i'm going to meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that so it goes back to that preparedness and then that that awareness the shortening of your hopes makes you aware of the nearness of your meeting with allah and that nearness allows you to prepare as if it is going to happen very soon. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq and that he makes the greatest day of our existence the day that we meet him and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us tawfiq. Allahumma ya man wafaq ahli al-khayri lil-khayr wa a'anahum alayhi wa fiqna lil-khayr wa a'inna alayhi ya arham al-rahimin wa ya akram al-akramin wa ya ajwad al-ajwadin wa sallallahu ta'ala ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.